podcast, not a cast pod. Hey, Grace, Sammy, KFDC, Improv. It's a podcast, not a cast pod. Hey, Grace, Sammy, KFDC, Improv. Sammy! You're already touching the microphones. We just started the show, and you're already touching the microphones. Oh, come on. you got to be in a good mood today. It's funny to me because we sit here and we prep. We get, like, ready. You know, we talk. We test everything out. And you have that whole 15 minutes to touch the microphone and get in the prime position. You usually wait till right in the middle of us talking, and you go... I know, and that's you and one other person I can talk about. (laughs) You and one other person that I know you know, and you guys are obsessed with touching the microphones. For some reason, reason. I know. I always like a microphone that moves around. Uh, Welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier, along with my dear friend, Sammy Kay. I'm your host, too. Fuck you. I'm not your dear friend anymore. Oh, I already did it. Just started the show, and I already did it. See this, Sarah? You've getting me all feisted up. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally well, recognized true. relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. It uh, is true. You are a co-host. You are a host of this show. Because co-host, pe- host, whatever. My friends were bringing it up. They go, you know that every time Sarah intros the show, she goes, hi, I'm Sarah Frazier, the host of Sarah Frazier, you know, Hey Frazier, <laughs> and this is my friend, Sammy Kay. And it just makes it sound like I'm just some, like, dude off the street. Like, it just makes it sound like, <laughs> no, you're oh. you're the co-host of the show. I've always said this. It's what you are. It makes it sound like, like, we somehow played t-ball together no. when we were, like, seven. I just managed to stick you're around. You're the Ed McMahon of this show, okay? Why do you always have to make me Ed McMahon? That guy's the worst. He was great. Oh, my Oh my god. Yes. Yes. That's that's Okay, you are Chelsea Handler's Chewy. I mean, whatever you want it to be. That's better. How is that better? That how is that any better? How is that any better? Because you're amazing. You're great at what you do. And I love having you. There's no one else. I say this all the time. There's no one else I will ever co-host with. And let me tell you, I turned down jobs for you. I turned down relationships for you. You are my number one man. And yet, I feel like I get abuse. Sarah, I haven't had a job because of you for the past <laughs> You know, two years. Look, times are tough. I get it. And, you know, tensions run high sometimes on this podcast, which people email me about, you and I talk about. It's not easy. We are blazing our own path. And I'll talk about that today. You know, a lot of people have emailed me, what's going on? Are you guys, like, did you get a job? Are you not getting a job? I'm pregnant. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. I would love if you, like, became another. What, you'd be, like, the second man to carry a child or something? Third well, man? I mean, technically, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that would be great. I will tell you this, though. Um, I feel like I eat like a pregnant woman anyways. You're already practicing for the role. Because you, people don't realize, but there is a very, very, very fine line between what stoners eat and what pregnant women crave. <laughs> like, there is a very fine line. And it's very tough to figure out that line most times. But, I mean, you think about it. Something like a peanut butter and pickle sandwich, that could go both ways. Well, that is true. It that could, could go both ways. There's a quiz that we should give each other. Or you should give me. Would a she, pregnant woman eat this or a stoner? Uh, really? Yeah. That's, I wouldn't be able to guess that game. You know what? That game would baffle my mind. The amazing thing about that game, Sarah, is that we've already played that game, you and I. We have. On another show, and I thought of the game then, <laughs> and we did it then on the air, but you clearly don't what? remember that. Pregnant or stoner? Yeah, Who it was, ate it? It was on 420, Sarah. No way. 
did. Yes. Oh my god, you know, my actually, mind is a sieve. I can right. pull it up. I'll pull you it. You can? Because I, I keep all my emails. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, look, we have an amazing show for you in store today. I have to tell you, you're going to love the message I received this morning because somebody that replaced us on a radio show that we got fired on, someone that works there now, sent me the most epic message about the morning show today. It's going to make you feel so fucking good about not being in radio. Okay. Well, you ready to check this out? Okay. Yeah. So we actually played pregnant or stoner. We did this, Sarah. We played like this is a game that I thought of like a year ago, and I keep everything on my computer. I love that you still have the audio. Play yeah. it. No, it's not the audio. I have oh. the actual game, so you got to guess. Okay. Oh, all right, dude. Let's so start. who ate this? A pregnant woman or a stoner? Okay. Cookie dough ice cream and Worcestershire sauce or whatever that is. Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire pregnant. Sauce. Stoner. <laughs> Stoner. Is As in, these are also what I did was I actually found recipes done by stoners, and we found oh. recipes done by pregnant people. So these are actually foods that pregnant women posted on their Instagram, or foods that stoners posted on their Instagram, or whatever. And then we put it down. Okay. Okay. What's the next one? Uh, tuna salad topped with strawberries. Pregnant. Pregnant. Got okay. it. Okay. All right. Good. One, okay. One, um, All right. One, how about this one? one? Rotisserie chicken dipped in grape jelly. I'm gonna say. <sighs> I'm so lost. Uh, I'm going to say stoner. That's pregnant, Sarah. Sorry. Oh, All right. How about no. this one? Chicken nuggets dipped in lemonade. Chicken nuggets dipped in lemonade. Who eats that? Is that a stoner that ate that or was that a pregnant woman? Pregnant. That, pregnant. That would be a stoner. No. See, it's so difficult, right? <laughs> I'm lost. This I'm game totally is so lost. difficult. It's so I'm difficult. I've this game entirely. Okay. Here's one last one then. Baked sweet potato s'mores. Baked sweet potato s'mores. Okay, pregnant. Got to be pregnant for the nutrients. See, that's what I thought, too, because I was like, no stoner has the patience to sit there and actually bake a sweet potato, but it's stoner. Oh, my God. But that sounds delicious, doesn't it, to, like, just take a sweet potato, bake it, and then put some chocolate and marshmallows in that bad boy? That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Well, anyways, I I got more. We can play it. Yeah, this is, like, a great game. And no idea. Pickles and frosting? You're already ahead of it. I love it. Pregnant. I love that. Um, Well, anyway, we do. We have an amazing show for you today. Uh, We're going to talk about the Trump Hotel Party. It's back on. There was a lot of controversy with that. Also, um, I just want to know, has anyone else ever kept a um, just-in-case storage unit where you keep, like, a a bunch of furniture in case you were going to kick out your your significant other or you decide to leave them and just, like, store and go? So, wait, so you don't have, like, I'm confused because I just throw everything away. Like, I literally move and I just throw everything away. Well, I will confess, and you'll do, you'll believe this because you've known me oh, for know years you. and years. But for many years, I have kept a just-in-case storage unit because I figured all the time, you know my relationship with Dan, right? I adore Dan. Mm-hmm. And, and I should have married Dan two years ago because he's incredibly, incredibly good to me, all right? Um, but, You're just digging yourself a hole with that comment. No, I torture. I absolutely torture Dan. I, I really do. And I want to talk more about my relationship, but with Dan and me, I think people realize this. Dan is very, very private. And works with kids and works with family. So he doesn't want a lot of our relationship on this podcast. But I will tell you this. We're, we're in a good place. And I do think it was thanks to the Star Wars plates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually, I thought, you know, we're in such a good place right now that I think what I'm going to do is pass the Star Wars plates on to a couple that's that's just in a challenging place, position. What a fucking cop out. You're just trying to get rid of the Star Wars place. <laughs> you are just trying to get rid of the Star Wars place. That no, has I wanted to thank you today. You did me a great favor. You really, those Star Wars plates, now I don't eat off them because I believe that they leach plastic toxins. Sarah, I'm from Iowa. I can smell cow shit from a mile away. <laughs> this is not. Okay. I'm trying to genuinely thank you. You, coupled with therapy, as well as um, Narcos. 
narcos. <laughs> so somehow Colombian drug lords <laughs> have managed to sit there. They've played as valuable of a role as yes. Star Wars plates, which, by the way, also is asinine. And then a therapist. Sarah, don't you... If anything, this is not a good deal for the therapists out there in the world. You're not selling therapy at all to anybody. Well, it's a combination, if you will. So they work so well that I want to pass on these Star Wars plates because I believe they have actually changed my relationship. So if you're having relationship troubles, email sarah at heyfrage.com. And now you can CC Sammy because he has his own email address as well, Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. So you can email both of us now. I actually, actually don't email me, me quite yet because oh. I actually haven't logged in officially to get started. <laughs> it was sent to me about a week no, ago, right. and I just haven't really, like, really hit the button yet. So. so anyhow, if you're having troubles in your relationship and you need these plates, I will give them to you, and then you pass them on to somebody else who needs them. Because when you eat off these asinine things, you can't help but laugh and enjoy your relationship. Okay. So All there right. you go. Um, but anyhow, I have kept a storage unit for many years with a whole other bedroom set in case it didn't work out or I kicked Dan out or whatever, and I could just store and go. Take that furniture and go. But I'm just, I guess my main confusion of this comes that I see that happening. I see, like, if you would have asked me, well, who would have a storage unit? It would be a guy to me. Like a guy, because they get there, and whenever you get in a relationship and you move in with a woman, what's the first thing they do? They get rid of all your they get rid of your hand chairs that you've been so proud of since college. Uh-huh. They get rid of all your Detroit Lions mugs, you know. Yes. They get rid of all your stuff that you know that you sat and you <laughs> lived with and was your home for years. But a woman doesn't sit there; she doesn't want a huge painting of you know. You know, the sex pistols on her wall. You know what I mean? So that all goes down. And so I feel guys are the more likely ones to sit there and be like, well, this stuff is still really valuable to me. Maybe if we get a bigger house, maybe if I get whatever. And so they're the ones I feel to be more likely to actually put it in a storage unit because as a woman, when you move in, it's already kind of common knowledge. And especially, I mean, it's already agreed with me that you're going to bring all your stuff over and I'm going to have to throw away my shit. Well, I have been so at the this opposite. Point, I am the man in the relationship. Really? Because yeah. I figure the house is all yours. So if you decide you're done, it is. you're literally walking out with three movers and you're taking the couch, you're taking the bed and everything with you and Dan's is stuck sleeping on a sleeping bag in the middle no, of the apartment. Even in my lowest moments or like my most angry points with Dan, I could never just like kick him out with no furniture. Because when we moved in, Dan sold everything. I made Dan sell everything. God damn. I know. He should have he should have taken your advice about the storage unit. <laughs> but I want to ask you this because for the first time ever I'm thinking of selling all the furniture, getting rid of the storage unit and just like really committing to my relationship. Do you think that's a good idea? What if Dan was just doing the long con and he was just waiting for you to finally get comfortable enough with him that you sell your furniture and then he's going to dump your ass? <laughs> Well, then I will buy new furniture. See, so that, or I'll move in with Celine. But then at that point, like, like, what kind of furniture do you have? Um, well, I have a bed. I have a mattress, box spring, queen-size mattress and box spring, a desk. I've got this really beautiful console. Was it like your bed with your ex and that's why Dan didn't want it? No. I bought it post-Old Man Ed, like yeah, after Old Man Ed. No, I mean, there. I slept with some, like, other people in that bed, but, like, I don't think Dan ever... I mean, I think Dan had sex, like, with other people in his bed that we first had. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Tell me more about that. I what is wrong with you? No, um, okay, Do you think so it's you a have good a, idea? I need your advice. So you just have a bed, which... the bed, No, I have a bed, a desk, a console. I've got lamps, artwork, mirrors, okay, like, the bed, a whole other apartment. The bed should have been tossed ages ago. Like, a bed is something you just leave at your apartment and you go, screw it, you guys deal with this i'm moving out right okay like a bed you always you should have tossed that but like a console what kind of console is it like fancy yeah it's like a really fancy low very modern console that you would put a tv on and then you could put your like um 
cable DVD player. I don't think people have one of they those anymore. They don't have that anymore. It's VHS. Called, it'd be called a gaming system. Yeah. <laughs> Gaming Most people system. would just put a, a console of some sort. Hide the gaming system in it. Okay, the artwork, I understand. That makes sense to keep in storage. You would keep it? I'm going to get rid of everything. I'm going to sell art- everything. What kind of artwork is it? Um, it's like, Is it like bullshit or is it actually valuable? Or is it just something that you bought? a lot of prints. Like- I don't think it's worth all that much. I think it's a lot of prints. It's, it's, a lot of it is from my uncles, you know, who have a interior decorating oh, business okay. in Connecticut. What kind of prints? Anything weird? Do like, you want them? <laughs> well, hold on. I only want them because... I want some. I've been looking for something that, from a distance, it looks like a penis, but when you get up close, it just looks like regular art. Really? Yeah, my friend had one. And I was very intrigued by. Well, it. I'll bring them in. Look, I'll post these. These are they sexual and stuff. at all? No, nothing creepy. No, the one sexual one that we have, we have a painting of two naked women in our living room. Well, that's not sexual. It's just two naked ladies. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. I wanted like you know ball and gag shit. Oh no, it's the same. I mean, I'm odd, but no, I don't have that. Okay. okay. So you're going to pass on it? I'll pass. I'll pass on the artwork then. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Oh, my God. Um, Anyhow, all right. So I think I'm going to go all in. I want to know what people think. So you're just going to sell it? Well, I realize this. Do we just want to get into this? I feel like this show, we're not even going to talk any like pop culture stories, which there's so many, including the guy in Maine who was dressed as a tree and then walking into traffic. I mean, it was so good. That's very main of them. And then, you know, the controversial one we've got to talk about is you've seen OxyContin trending on Twitter, I'm sure, for the past couple days. And you know there's like a whole story out about how essentially the state of West Virginia realized the opioid issues that were going to happen in 2001. But major pharmaceutical companies came in and said, fuck you, you're going to sell these drugs and we're going to incentivize them for you. And basically, like... Now people in Virginia are openly admitting in West Virginia, like, hey, pharmaceuticals company came in and forced us to keep selling opiates when we knew this was going to be an issue and people were going to die. Mm-hmm. How is this still happening in this world? How, Sarah? Because it's America. All right? oh, it's such an awful country. The pharmaceutical companies, it's not the only. Uh, hello, they're the company that just shot up, what, the price of an EpiPen? Correct. The same people that sat there and what, and increased the price of AIDS medication? Yeah. What, sixfold overnight? These are the same people you don't think they sat there and got people addicted knowing they could sell more drugs? I mean, Why do you think they fight against marijuana so much? Because I'm like, oh, as opposed to me having to have, you know, stomach medication, you know, headache relief, da 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 You have to have like eight or nine different pills. Dude, I can just sit there and smoke a doobie and cures about everything. Last night, got food poisoning, right? I would have had to go get medication, this bullshit, this bullshit. No. Threw up, smoked a fatty. Felt fucking fantastic. Oh, that's awful. It felt great. Well, the whole story, look, we'll talk about that more, too, because the story is just absolutely unbelievable. But essentially, stats um, came out and said, look, it's totally true that major pharmaceutical companies, when West Virginia pushed out, pushed against them in 2001, saying, look, OxyContin, these drugs are going to lead to major opioid addictions and cause death. They came in, they sent representatives to West Virginia and basically went into medical centers and incentivized doctor's offices and made them sell the drugs in Um, order to get access to... It's crazy! They gave them everything from teddy bears, Sarah, to free meals, to vacations. I mean, they really incentivized them. I don't know how much you know about the story, but they... It's nuts! Like, for instance, um, actually, John Oliver spoke about that over the weekend. He spoke about that as well. He did this story, and then this is um, from statnews.com. And they found that Purdue Pharma 
The manufacturer of OxyContin thwarted the state's plan in West Virginia by paying a middleman known as a pharmacy benefits manager to prevent insurers from limiting prescriptions of the drugs. The financial quid pro quo between the painkiller maker and the pharmacy benefits manager, Merck, came to light in West Virginia court records unsealed by a state judge at the request of STAT and in interviews with people familiar with the arrangement. We were screaming at the wall, according to one associate who headed the state's public employee insurance agency back in early 2000s and led the push to limit OxyContin prescribing in West Virginia, which didn't work. Now today, West Virginia leads the country in the most overdoses uh, in the state, and there are 28,000 overdose deaths a year in the United States nationwide. Damn. I just, I, I, it just boggles my mind. Like, aren't these people going to go to jail? We hold the financial people accountable. But they don't go to jail, Sarah. Yeah, a lot of financial people went they to jail. They go to a for... country club that happens to be locked into a 20-mile radius. That's it. Okay, but even that, why aren't we sending these pharmacy people to that? Because they didn't do, like, they're just selling. You know what I mean? Like, they get it approved. That's, that's what it is, Sarah. I don't know. It's a crime, yeah, but the, trust me. They're going after people that are doing drugs, not the people that are actually getting them hooked on the drugs. I know. Well, it's crazy. Anyway, um, if you get a chance to read it, look, it's a long article, and I'm sure lots of people will have um, very strong opinions on it, but stat, S-T-A-T, news.com. So I was just blown away. I mean, it's just really insightful because essentially it, it talks about how they did this, and no one, as far as you know, all the state and representatives were fighting it, but essentially major pharmacy came in and brought lobbyists and all this stuff, and then they had no choice. Mm-hmm. Just unreal. Well, Sarah, speaking of They're being killing a, us people. Speaking of being in a drug induced coma caused by the man. What? Do you want to talk about Phil Collins or Oh Phil Collins last night? No, you don't fool me. Oh my god, so good on Jimmy Fallon. I have so much I could say right now. But you have to wait until the drum, uh, till the drum roll. Then you can talk again. Um, I will say this song. I love this. This song. song is good, but it's not like I like the song. Cause it's a good song. I like the song because it's just it's got this like cheesy aura around it that I really like. You Why? Because the song's fucking cheesy. It's Phil Collins, Sarah. It's like no one really likes Journey. I like to make fun of Journey. And I like to play Journey music when I'm, like, drunk and being an ass. But I don't sit there and, like, man, I really need some Journey in my life. Like, I don't go home and go, man, Phil Collins. That's oh, what I want to do. But this song, there's something about this song. I feel like that just, like, I always get really excited about, like, amps me up. Because you're fucking 80 years old, Sarah. <laughs> you are 80 years old. Aren't you, like, if you played, like, a Diplo song, I'm afraid your heart would explode. <laughs> I like Diplo, too. Uh, Phil Collins is making a comeback in his musical career and with a new book where he basically tells it all. I'm going to sit there and say his publicist wrote that. You think he wrote the book? Because I was I hang out with a lot of people in the music industry, Sarah, and nobody in the past three months has been like, man, yo, Phil Collins? Motherfucker's hot. Really? I love it. Well, he's got a tour that's out. By the way, he's going to be on this podcast. I've already reached out to his people. Um, the book is called Not Dead Yet. Um, and he basically tells all his stories, including how Adele, he was writing a song for her, but that didn't work out. Then he talks about having the affair on his wife uh, when he had a daughter who was six months old. And this was fascinating to me. He ends up reconnecting with a high school girlfriend, like a high school fling. This is years later after he's already Phil Collins and he's famous. Mm-hmm. Then ends up having an affair with her. 
Damn. I'm like, really? I'm trying to think of anyone from my high school that would come back into my life that I'd want to have There's sex with. There's nobody that like you were just like in love with in high school that just to do it now. Like, granted, you're you're better now. Like, you're you know you're over it now. You're not really into that anymore. But just to do it, just so you can be like, ah, I knocked it off my bucket list. Not one guy. Not no, one lady. No. <laughs> no. I'm trying to think of. Uh, who it would be? I just I grew up in such a small town. You know, I grew up in Wiscasset, Maine, with a graduating class of ninety eight people, and there were like four hundred people in the entire high school. Oh, I could so, think of a girl from my high school that if I had the chance to, I'd be in there. Everybody, I, I just feel like I know everyone, and now you see them on Facebook, and you think, oh my god. Yeah, I see them on Facebook. I go, damn, those boobs have gotten bigger. <laughs> Jeez. No, I'm. Is that to what children of- do? <laughs> I don't know. But anyhow, uh, I was blown away last night. I, I, I think I replayed that Phil Collins on Jimmy Fallon numerous times. Now, my, I like that. Now, I have a new thing that I want to do whenever we have, like, notable guests, celebrity guests. Because okay. I've realized that a big, um, kind of like a big motto or a big motif in our careers, you mm-hmm. know, especially us together, has been um, go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> well, it's becoming it's mine. Becoming, yeah, it's slowly becoming yours. Time. It's been mine for a while, but it's slowly becoming yours. So I would actually like to get people like Phil Collins, if we do get him on the show, to be like, Hello, it's Phil Collins. Um, I've discussed that idea with Sarah and Sammy, and we've decided that you should go fuck yourself. Genius. And so that way, every time like someone sends us something, like, you know, a cruise line comes and says, hey, we want to do a pop-up, you know, mashed potato buffet and want you guys to host it on this cruise line, as opposed to me having to be nice and say something, like, when I really just would be like, fuck yourself, I'd be like, you know what, here you go. You can play Phil I can play that. You know, I can be like, hey, what's up? It's Justin Bieber. Um, I'm here with Sarah and Sammy, and uh, they say go fuck yourself. Like, would that not be the best ever? Sammy, that's so good because so much can come from that. Like, when I'm sure over the years, many people have given Justin Bieber advice, Phil Collins advice, and then they also probably at some point stood up and said go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. So they could tell that story on the podcast and then tell, at the end, it could be GFY. Go fuck yourself. I'm just, that's, right? that's way more complicated than I'm saying. I just want to have them record on my voicemail so I can sit there and play it for people. Okay. You know, when I, I go like to Chipotle and they go, hey, sir, you know, you can't mix the meats together. I go, I just want a half a scoop of each. And they go, what? I'll be like, hold on. Pull it up. I could just Listen see it as this. Hello, it's Phil Collins. Just discussed that with Sammy. He says, go fuck yourself. And I'll be like, thank you. I love it. I love it. And I feel like, too, I, I Yeah. Anyway, I see that as major promos. Genius idea. Write that down. Because bo- we both know our minds are sick. I already forgot it. I know. So. Exactly. <laughs> Someone remind us. Um, yesterday, a lot of people sent me this story of the guy in Portland, Maine, which is about 50 minutes from where I grew up, who was a tree impersonator arrested in a busy street in downtown Portland. And he says he was just trying to see how people would interact with art. How shitty are the jobs in Maine that people are tree impersonators? How how crazy is the state of Maine that this guy was only held on sixty dollars bail? That's expensive in Maine, Sarah. That's like what? That's like it's like a house payment. Oh my god, I love this guy. He is literally dressed as a tree. Uh, his name is Asher Woodworth. What a great name. You know what? Thirty years old. Give him credit though, Sarah. You're not giving him enough credit. For what? Because most kids that were the tree in that fifth, you know, when they were like in their kindergarten play, yeah, they moved up, you know, or they gave up acting in general. This guy never gave up. He goes, you know what? I'm going to be the best damn tree ever. At this point, he's probably what got almost 30 years under his belt being a tree. He's solid, Sarah. 
He's a solid tree. Uh, he told the police that his motivation was to see how people would react to what he called his, quote, performance and how he might impact people's natural choreography. Now, the problem was, as many people reported him to the police, so the police come down to Congress Street. They see this guy. He's on the, he's walking around. He's got branches. I mean, look at this costume. Oh, wait. I guess an, he's not a he's costume. He's an artist? Yeah, it's interpretive art. Oh, I thought he was just fucked up. Oh, no. This guy's an idiot then. Well, don't you think he had to be <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. It's so I mean, good. that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Speaking of trees, he did you hear the so did you hear the bad news in, from Paris this morning? No. You know that very famous Christmas tree they have in Paris every year during Christmas time? Oh. The one that looks like a gigantic butt plug? Yes! Yes, what happened? Vandals destroyed it last night. Oh no. They went and they popped the huge the the, the, the ginormous Christmas tree butt plug in Paris. They went and they popped it and I guess someone actually attacked the artist too who made it. <laughs> Really? Yes, Sarah. Yeah, What's I'm going on you. in France? Come on. I know. I, people don't even like butt plugs anymore. If I you can't know. live a butt plug in France, like, where can you love a butt plug? The butt plug tree was so good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Can, can you believe it's been knocked down, though? Like, ugh. Well, here's my question to you about that is, did they keep it up year-round? Did they? Yeah, like, why was it? How is Sarah, it? Sarah, it's Christmas tree, okay? It's only there during Christmas time. So, but I'm saying, how did they find it to have it be vandalized? Where was it? They put it back up, Sarah. They oh. put it back up early once it gets cold. So around now, they put it up early. Ah, uh, gotcha, so gotcha. So it just got put up, like, I think, like, recently. Oh, oh my God. I well, know, Sarah. I know. I'm sad as well. That is a bummer. I don't know what's with dressing his trees, but I like this anyway. Uh, so he, was, he bailed himself out for $60. Police say people do bizarre things because they want to get arrested. That's people what we believe. People do do bizarre things. <laughs> I thought that story was great. Um, a lot of you guys have been, I think, probably wondering. You've you've emailed us about what the situation has been and are we taking this full-time job and, um, you know, what's been happening with the Trump party. And I think you've probably sensed a little bit on this show. I feel like the show has been a little bit funky the past, like, month. After me uh, being in the Wall Street Journal and on the New York Times, I've decided to go solo. Okay. That's a joke, Sarah. They haven't even called me back yet, okay? <laughs> and you are freaking out over that stupid thing. They haven't even called me back yet. Well, here's the thing. You know, the reason I feel like there's been a little bit of maybe unrest or maybe the show, I guess, has seemed like, for me anyway, is it felt like it for you that the show's been like a little on pause the past like month? Do you feel like, you know what I'm saying? Does it feel like it was off to you? No, Sarah. I've been kicking fucking ass. Are you telling me that you've been half-assing it the last month? <laughs> I've been ripping it. Funky mood. Well, here's why. So, um, a little behind the scenes story of this. Okay, you know, I've been a contributor with Fox 5 for many, many years, and they have been incredibly, incredibly good to Mm -hmm. me. And they recently came to me with this offer to be full time with them. Um, And one of the things I think that you guys all knew when we talked about this on the show uh, last week was once you become a full time employee of any major company, as you guys know, you have to. Play by their rules. Like, they can tell you what to do, what you can't do, what press you can talk to. And I get it. They have a brand to protect, too. I'm not – this is in no way saying anything negative about them. But when they came to me and wanted me to do this full-time job, and they said, hey, Sammy can do uh, video as well, you know, which is which is a huge improvement because, huge. Yeah, you most know, people don't even let me in front of a camera. Jack Diamond didn't want you in 107.3's building. So Fox wants you in the building, which I feel like is a great step. Well, Jack has every right to be envious of me. <laughs> well, that's true. He does. For we many used to reasons. share the same dentist, and I talked a lot of shit about the man. So... <laughs> so 
it was a great this great offer and we were going down this path and I was going to be full time there at Fox and um, do some videos and do some reporting and then keep the podcast going but I had to give up the Trump hotel party and along with that I also couldn't talk to press I couldn't within lots of restrictions right because now you're representing Fox as a brand which you know I completely understand Mm -hmm. but it took me a long time to make this decision and I feel like the whole theme of us and this podcast is we just we want to be the Miley Cyrus of like podcasting we're just our own people I always say it on this show it's not to say that we'll ever be in the same league as Howard Stern and Oprah but it is to say I just can't go mainstream like I I have to stick to being us how'd you tell them Sarah well it was really tough we had a heart-to-heart this week and you know they told me they were very very kind about it but they told me that something i need to work on which is true is being decisive from the start making a decision and sticking with it because the preach, hard preach preach <laughs> yeah it's true it's definitely a, oh, something i have to work on oh that's a shame i would have hoped you would have just sat there and been like all you ladies pop your pussy like this shake your body don't stop uh-huh. don't miss that's what i think about y'all fox like I'm out this. Shake I'm not even sticking around no more. Just no. do it. Just do, do it. it. I have an idea do for you guys, it, though. You guys should. Uh huh. <laughs> yep, you should. Yep. That's what you should see. Why don't you feel like you should just blast that on your cell phone when you no, walk out the door? Because they're not. They're not doing anything negative. I mean, I understand where they're coming from. They, yeah, but it's still fun. Sometimes it's fun to just to you know. No, I don't. I would never do that. They're, they've been really good to me. And look, there's been some radio stations that, yeah, I have done that, and it's felt really great. And other people that we've worked with. But the last job I left amicably from Sarah, I remember my final day. I walked out and I was like, I'm still gonna do this anyways. Fuck you, fuck you. You're cool, and fuck you. Who was that? I'm what, out. What, show, what, what was that? It was that a restaurant job? Oh. <laughs> oh, you should have recorded that. I want to see that. It's also from Half to Bake, Sarah. Oh. Haven't seen that movie. No shit. I would have never guessed that one. <laughs> so, look, I wanted to tell you that, you know, all along the way, and the reason, you know, I've turned down jobs at Cumulus and everything is because I really believe that this show is going to change the world. That's what I want to do. And I feel like that's what you and I have in common is mm-hmm. creating this show that's a movement. And the hard part is to do that with a major company. And so it was a really tough decision, and lots of you sent me really nice emails about what we should do, and and a lot of people thought we should take the money and then use that to get freedom. This guy. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm sure you'll like quit. You'll be like, this will be like your last day on air. You'll be like, okay, I've had this starving artist thing enough. But no, I say that because it's true. I really believe that. You have to stay true to what you're doing. And I, I thank you because you also last week had said what's great about you is you will do whatever we have to do to have control and do this show that the way that we want, even if that means we're going to have to sacrifice money in the short term. You know, that means walk out of a meeting. Just uh-huh. lick this, motherfuckers. When was the last time you heard this song, by the way? Now this, now this, now this, I would be excited about interviewing Kia, okay? Not Phil Collins. Well, let's Phil, let's reach out. My bet. I'm sure she'd be like available. But anyhow, uh, the long story short is this: is I just want to tell you that um, I have to thank some great people in my life. You, Sammy K, Dan, my brother, Sammy Simpson, who's been on this show, who's like a passion curator. Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
we're doing the Trump party and I'm going to find a way to keep contributing and working and growing with Fox. But it really came down to being so clear about what you want. And I think they respected me for that. And I feel like you have to hold out and know exactly what you want because it's very easy to take jobs. And I feel like in the past I've compromised. I did with 107.3. And you always end up unhappy. So it's it's definitely tough. And I feel like the universe tests you like mm-hmm. to see if if do you really want this? Sarah, do you really want to create this show? Do you really want this to work? And through all the hard times that we have ahead to really keep control and build something that's different. And it's like, yeah. And that's really tough for me to, to stand up and do it because I'm a people pleaser. I don't want to let down Fox. I love Fox. And I just feel like it's hard to say no. But in my heart of hearts, I couldn't take the job. And so we're moving full force with the You've got to wake up every day, Sarah, and you've got to love your job as much as Kanye West loves himself. You know? Oh, God. Well, I hope That's a I lot never, of love. I hope I never behave like that. Um, but anyhow, so to say that, I just want to thank you guys. And, and if you're in that crossroads yourself, which I feel like so many people are that listen to this podcast... It's so hard to, like, follow your heart, but it's you have to do it. It's such the better path. I feel so much better. I feel like we're back on the right track. Mm. So the Trump party is happening. The GoFundMe page is still up. We're going to have a lot more details. It hasn't been as full force as I wanted it to be because, like I said, I've had to sort of scale it back. Um, But... Hopefully, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal are calling you back soon so you can give even bigger quotes. Mm-hmm. November 8th, we're having an election night party. More details to come. But you need to donate to get in. So it is GoFundMe.com slash election night. Sounds awesome. How do you feel about that? Uh, How do you I feel, feel about what, what's happening? I mean, honestly, Sarah, you know me. I roll with the flow. People, I was actually discussing this with somebody, and we've realized that other people, when they get stressed, like when something stresses them out, right, if they get nervous about something – they kind of get over anxious, right? Where I almost do the exact opposite and I shut down, where the more stressful and the more pressure it is to get something done, the least, like, the, like I could not give less fucks at that point. And so, so at this point, like, I'm pretty stressed about it, but that's why I'm just, like, super mellow. Almost like I've been doing heroin all day long. It's, like, <laughs> super mellow, just like, oh, yeah, man, totally cool. Sure. We'll be good. I'm just kind of going with the flow right now. I know. Worried. Well, if anything, honestly, what I'm really worried about what? is um, what are what's the limitations on torture in this country? Because our new intern Austin has been holding that camera for 30 <laughs> minutes straight, and you can definitely put it down now because I don't want you to crush your arm or get some sort of carpal tunnel. Oh God, there's another story for tomorrow. We yeah. swore off interns, and now we're back. But anyway, I mean, I feel like, you know, I we always... Should have, look, we got to have Austin on just to get him on. Like, I'm going to tell yeah. you, we're going to sit you down. I think Austin's going to be really good. We're going to sit you down. We're going to have you talk to the audience. Have you, we're going to tell you why we swore off interns. And then now you know where the pressure is. <laughs> You're okay? really under so much pressure. <laughs> you really are. But good. I want to make sure that you feel good about it. Because I feel like we are in this together. And I know it's like a not an easy sacrifice. And, you know... I mean, how do you feel? Do you feel like we're on the right path? Yeah, I feel like I'm on the right path. I mean, sure. Yeah, I do, Sarah. Like, I do. Like, I clearly don't do shit. Like, you know me. The second I have notoriously walked off jobs numerous times, once I feel like it's not the right path anymore for me, I walk out. I walked out the top, right? I'm not going to say who said it, but there's some people that we know that said I was crazy for walking out then and said I was foolish for walking out, only to realize a few months later, like, holy shit, like... I am one of those people that if I don't feel like it is going to be the greatest thing that I've ever done, I'm not even affiliated with it. Yeah. So I'm here, and trust me, that to me, like other people go, well, Timmy, that's not really saying much. No, 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 you don't understand. If I show up, that's 110% already. 
Right. If I don't, if I only care eighty percent, I'm not going to show up. I'm just not going to show up. You know. Well, I I'm excited. I feel like it's the right choice, and you have to follow your gut. There's so much to that. My gut is very confusing. Let me tell you. One minute I I it's all that fiber. <sighs> God, one minute I was convinced, like, okay, I can let this party go. I can give up control. And then the next party, I'm like, well, what are we, the next moment, I'm like, well, then what are we doing this for? What are you doing it for, Sarah? Well, we're doing it to make a movement. We're there changing the world. So you know. I know, but my God, why does it take me so long? And then why does the fucking universe always test me? Well, it's odd I feel to like me. The universe comes back to me all the time and goes, hey, do you want this job on, you know, on this corporate job at Cumulus? Do you want? And I'm like, why do you keep asking me this? Sarah, I think the, the question here is. You managed to convince me just to like jump off, a, like just to jump out of a plane, right? No questions asked. Yo, Sammy, jump. All right, fuck it. And then I find out a year later that, oh, man, I haven't really felt comfortable about this. Like, I've already jumped out the plane, Sarah. I'm already out there falling to my death at this point. Like, <laughs> and you're telling me that you're having you- hesitations? Like, no. You should have, like, you got to sit there. When you agree to do something, you got to be 100% just boom, go for it. Well, I've always been 100% committed to this. It's not like, but I mean, But you the question reason- yourself. I don't question anything. I question, here's what I question, and maybe you can help me with this. I question the path. My problem is I get caught up in what's the path? What's the path to do this show that changes the world? That's like a John Oliver. That's like a, you know, that's this crazy kind of like movement that people get behind. Is the path joining with like a Fox and, and helping go mainstream? Or is the path sticking with this? You know, slugging it out, doing these Trump party things, doing the great ideas that you come up with, that we come up with together making people a part of it and then the word grows and we do something and then you keep killing it like you always say consistency is key a lot of people go viral but then they don't keep it up Mm -hmm. so it's just like one and done so i get that even after this trump party we have to keep creating great things which we've got awesome ideas in the works so i just i think for me sometimes the hard part of letting go is what's the path well okay but you're so focused on the forks in the road that you're not even really realizing that you're not even like paying attention to the journey. Like you're right. so worried about your next turn. You know what I mean? Where it's like sometimes when I'm driving through the city, Sarah, I know I'm going from this side of the city to the other side of the city. If I'm so focused on my GPS and making a right every time it tells me to make a right, making a left, you don't really enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right. You're not really learning the city. You know what I mean? But then all of a sudden when I just sit there and I just keep on driving straight, don't worry. Oh, traffic here. You know what? I'll take a right to get off this road. Look at the GPS every once in a while, and guess what? It's always keeping you on target. So I consider, like, we have a really good GPS, right? We have a, we have a pedigreed career. We have a past. We have following. We have this. We have a plan. We, we have a plan. We have a very good GPS, right? We're just trying to go from here to the other side of the city. Not too crazy, but you're so focused on every turn that sometimes you just got to sit back and just let it, knowing that we have a good GPS there, that we're going to end up there anyways. Even if we end up you know, on the yeah. wrong side of town for a little bit, guess what? We can just look at it like, we're good. Oh, I love that. You just got to sit back and chill, man. Oh I don't want to. Like, I keep on telling you this. Smoke some weed. No, but I feel a great responsibility. Like you said, you've jumped out of the plane. Like, I have to, you know, I have you to think about, too. Like, you know, it's like we're married, and now I've got to consider you. You do. I'm like your child. I know. I'm like I your know. fat child that eats a lot I more do. than he should. I have you to consider. I mean, the reality is I do have bills. I mean, I, we have to make money. Like, so it's a great responsibility. And it's I just always am wondering, like, why the universe keeps like presenting me with these opportunities that most people would be like what take this 
Cumulus is offering you one hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars to do middays. Who does that? Well, I mean, you would. Have, I mean, you would not be doing anything right now. You're right. You're absolutely right. And by the way, oh my God, I think you have my Facebook page open, but I got the most amazing Facebook message this morning. Okay. Uh, basically, from a former employee there that was just basically saying that the Jack Diamond Show was yelling at each other this morning, and she was just laughing at how hysterical it was. And I thought, ding, ding, ding. That's fantastic. Exactly. You want me to read it for you? Yes. Um, okay, 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 okay. It, was, it made my heart so happy. And then she wrote back. She's like, oh, no, I, I don't think they were really fighting. I, I think they were just, like, yelling at, at the engineers or whatever. And then I had to be piped. I was like, God, this makes me so happy. Dude, yeah, they were just fighting and yelling down the halls. And then they list off a bunch of names that I probably shouldn't list off. <laughs> you'd appreciate that. Does that make you happy? I mean, I appreciate it. I don't appreciate that you're talking to this person, but... <laughs> oh, come on. No, it's this fine. This person isn't that bad. That's no, fine. Now, um... At least I didn't use the material they send. I think you'd be more angry at that. Oh, I'm pretty sure you do use it. You just know not to tell me about it. <laughs> it's so crap. Um, a couple of people that I want to shout out that wrote in to us. Rachel writes to us, hey, Sarah and Sammy, I saw this trailer. Uh, hopefully you got this audio up, Sammy. I saw this trailer a couple days ago, and I listened to the podcast episode in which you all discussed the DC rat problem. This was last week. I'll probably never watch this one, but I thought you might since you're into documentaries. Have a great weekend. The documentary is by Morgan Spurlock, the guy who did um, Super Size Me. Super Size Me. And it's apparently all on the rat epidemic that's happening across the world. Do you have a little? And it aired last Saturday night on Discovery. Have you watched this? I have not. Here's but a it's little freaky. Here's a He's like walking through, like with just flashlights and these. Oh, the carpet. Jesus. That was a rat. Say in New York City, there's a rat for every person. I think there's more. I spent 40 years out there working as an exterminator. I gotta respect them. They jump out. I'm jumping back. Area residents have been concerned about rat infestation. The city failing to control its vermin. Yeah, they said we don't have a rat problem. Oh god! Oh god! Oh, the trailer is awful to there's watch. So many isn't rats! It, isn't it terrible? But it's the truth, though. I mean, as someone that lives actually downtown, and I live downtown <gasps> in like major cities, pretty much since I was 18 years old, there's rats. Like I say, this cities have rats. Old buildings have rats. Cities with old buildings definitely going to have rats. But my understanding from watching this trailer, though, is that these rats now are becoming um, like drug resistant. So, like all these things that you try and kill them with, that they are now immune to. So, like you can't kill them anymore with rat poison; it doesn't work. Like they eat the poison, they're fine. Well, yeah, they were also killing everyone's dogs too with the rat poison. So, <laughs> so they've had to give that up. And so these, and they're saying that they're just filled with disease. So if you get bit by one, like if they swim up your toilet, which they can easily do apparently you can get a lot of diseases from them how would you feel a rat swims up through and your bites toilet my and ass? Yeah. a little nip i feel like that'd be more embarrassing than my period stories a little nip anyway terrible yes. um i hear well, you, you want to talk about my embarrassing story yes. well i hear you have an update right okay on so last week snoring girl so last week i told you how i slept at someone's house and i snored okay Profusely. Okay. And I didn't realize I snore because I've been, you know, mad single for a while now. And I sleep alone with my dog. He doesn't really care if I snore, I guess. But so it was bad enough that she had to get up not once but twice and move to her living room and sleep on her living room couch, right? So I was mortified. 
mortified. I was so afraid to hang out with her, so afraid to go back. She finally hit me up, was like, it's really not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. You know, you should come and hang out. So I go and we hang out. We, hike, you know, chill at night, right? And we go back to her place and we're about to crash, right? Okay. We were exhausted, like super exhausted. I had work that night, so I was like literally getting off of work, you know, and she had been out just partying and hanging out. And so she just zonks out immediately in bed. All right. Not more than 30 seconds later. She starts snoring? Dude, snoring, right? And I sat there, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, she was pissed off that I woke her up, but I was just like, woo, yeah, like screaming, cheering, because at this point I realized, yo, I'm totally fucking good. You snore too, girl. You snore as well. So when did she say that? I thought there was like this whole big thing. She was sleeping on the couch. It was hard yeah, for you guys to get I, intimate. So now are you like intimate and, and both like snoring together? First off, I never talked about us being intimate on the show, Sarah. That is you oh. taking something from off air, bringing it on there, knowing that her friends are probably going to listen. And now they're going to bring this up and be like, wow, Sammy just aired your fucking I mean, laundry. I'm not, all I'm saying is you guys were like, it prevented you from sleeping in the same bed together because yeah. you were such a snore. And now we find out she's a snore. So now we've realized that we're both just going to put on nasal. What is that? Breathe right strips? Oh, okay. And then you're... No. That's oh. so weird, Sarah. Oh, I would never do that. that. I feel like that's a great idea. That's so cute. You guys can just sit there and like kiss each other's... You can rub each other's nose. I don't nose, know why right you tell strips. me that crap when you know. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't I, do that. You would that. sit there and find it be like, oh, me and my little schnookums. We put on our breathe right strips. We rub noses like we're elves. I would do that. Absolutely. I feel like you would rub your nose in a so lot of things. So what's the solution then? That's, this is the no, update. No, the solution is now, snores. that's the best thing that can ever happen to a guy, because every guy knows that when you're the one who's like, so right at this point, okay, you're talking about a relationship, okay? Mm-hmm. Relationships are always based off plus ones and minus ones. You get like demerits, I find, all right? Okay. So if I fuck up, I'm late to your event, right? I'm going to have to owe you one. Okay. Okay, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So now I know, I'm, so now I knew that I owed her one because I snore when I sleep. Okay. So I'm going to have to sit there and be like extra cautious, right? Now that she snores, boom, we're back at zero, zero, even again. I'm totally stoked now. No upper hand now. All right, so now you're back on even playing field. It's anybody's ball game. Anybody's Things are going ball game, well. you know. That's good. I'm excited for you because this has been a couple weeks. Thank you. I'm not going to say any more because you get very upset. Then I jinx it no, or I end up no, sharing more. Because you jinx it, Sarah, because you would have gone up and like, all right, so yeah, so Sammy's moved in with her. They're actually pregnant. They're getting married next week. Um, the, like, and you would just screw me over on that one. All right, I'm not fine. I'm or a not. lot of times that you do, which you don't realize you do, but the girls realize you do it, and then I get reamed out afterwards, is you confuse a lot of my pasts together. And so you'll walk up to them and bring like up who? stories that like they clearly had no part of, but you insist it was them that was with me at that event, and it wasn't them. Oh. And then you get me in a <laughs> lot of trouble. Like once. Like once. Once every year, at least. Once a year, you do it to me. Well, okay, fine. I'm backing out of this. I'm not saying anymore. I'm not I just want you to put anything. in your head, Sarah, if it hasn't happened in the last two weeks, she doesn't know about it, okay? Okay, okay fine. So don't start bringing up, be like, oh, wait, were you with us that one night at National Harbor when we all did it? Like, no, Sarah, she wasn't. That was two years ago. All right, fine. All right. I'll, you got to keep reminding me of the timeline, though, because as time lingers, if this turns out to be working and it's six months in, eight months in, I'll Wait, think it was bull. like two years. Because as a good friend, Sarah, I sit there and I constantly, whenever I'm around Dan, I constantly have to rack through my brain and be like, oh shit, when do they start dating? <laughs> All right. Make I sure, and I only say stories from like the past, like, you Dan know, from the chunk knows. that I know for a fact because I don't want to say anything. You know what I mean? Oh, say And even it. then, my timeline literally starts about a year and two months ago and then I go from there on. Oh, good. Okay. Well, good. Then I'm pretty safe. You are safe. <laughs> sort of. 
Kind of. Uh, I have to thank Renita. Renita tagged me. She thinks that tomorrow, you know, tomorrow's our Halloween pop-up Halloween lunch show. Mm -hmm. So if you are down by the DC Improv here in DC, come see us. Uh, We'll be doing the show from 11 to noon, and we'll be revealing what we are dressing each other. We're surprising each other and dressing each other for Halloween. So I have no idea what Sammy's going to make me. Although lots of people... um, Dan had some idea for you. I can't even think of who it was. Uh... I don't know. Oh, the anyway. best about your costume is I've already gotten so many direct messages at me. Oh, good. And they nailed it. Everyone nailed it. And oh, they're they like, that's going to be so me. good. No, because they guessed it. People had guessed. People were guessing what it was. And so many people guessed it. And they're like, we knew it. That is going to be so epic. Oh, I can only imagine. It's going to be fantastic. I, I can just imagine. But uh, Renita sent me this. She thinks that you should be a Samsung Note 7 um, blowing up. I love that. The guy who so, literally just took the boxes of the... He so took the Samsung so, boxes and he taped them on his body. And then he put like that fake smoke. Vapor so, yeah, the, the, the vapor thing. So you can just blow out vapor out of the boxes. Gene, yes. Um, so thank you, Renita. But I've already picked out Sammy's costume, which, oh my God, I praise here tomorrow. I do have a list of, uh, you know, which we can always talk about next week. But when was Halloween? Is it this weekend? Halloween. It's next I, Monday, isn't it? It's next Monday. But so maybe most tomorrow people... I'll talk about it because, you know, I have my list of uh, Halloween costumes that take absolutely zero effort. Oh, you got to give that like list. Me, like people like me that hate, hate, hate Halloween and you always are going to do it and it's last minute and you don't really want to do anything. I literally have a list of like 10 costumes that you can do while you're pre-gaming. Like you don't have to prep beforehand. You can literally just sit there at your apartment, at your house, start having drinks with your friends and you're constantly ready in five minutes. Well, here's the thing. I'll share um, that with you guys tomorrow. Share that tomorrow. You can come to the show. It's completely free. It's just a pop-up. Um, 11 a.m. to noontime tomorrow. So if you're around the D.C. area. And then today and tomorrow we are collecting Halloween costumes. They have to be new as well as any Halloween toys or decorations. They have to be sealed that we're going to give to Children's National. We're going to drive out there. So 12 to 1 all this week you can drop them off at the D.C. Improv. It's the week before Halloween because someone going to listen to this in three weeks and go, oh. oh I'm Although I think they'll understand that Halloween has passed. Most people should. Here, I'm going to say this. Happy October. <laughs> That'll do it. So if it's, if it's November when you're listening to this, you're behind. I've completely lost track of time. And you know, this show is just about like 50 minutes long every day. Okay, well, well, three long, days a week. How long I, do you think they're I right don't right even now? know. 48? Because I'm not going to lie. About 36 minutes ago, I thought we were finished with the show. Oh, really? And we were, yeah, so. Wait, so how, what are we at now? I thought we were on 48 minutes because I was going to do more stories. But are we at an hour? It's actually close. 49.20, Sarah. Oh! Very good. So See, we got time. We got like another five minutes. You good? Well, I wanted to run this by you. Uh, you know, at every job I think that we've had, we've... We've, I've been suspended. Yes, that's true. Okay. And then, uh, did you get suspended at our last morning show job? Yeah. When? For what? Remember, Sarah, when I wasn't allowed to be on the air for a week? <laughs> what did you do? I can't remember. Because there was a discrepancy over my contract, and I got suspended temporarily yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, well, here are the five things that will determine if you get a raise. It so, wasn't like the last job where I rubbed my balls on someone's microphone before they used it, and I got in trouble and suspended for that. Oh, my God. I, for, I forget about all these. Mm-hmm. So, um... Okay, have you ever gotten a raise? Dude, yeah. <laughs> what the hell, Sarah? Well, I'm just thinking these stories. Like, <laughs> I mean, granted, I have to work a lot harder for a raise than most people, but I've gotten raises. <laughs> well, here, 2,000 bosses were surveyed, and here are the five ways your appearance is ruining your career. Well, so, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> let me start taking notes. <laughs> yeah, but this could happen to all of us. Do you ever think you've dressed too provocatively at work? Yeah, always, Sarah. No, if anything, I think I dress like I, I dress like I don't care enough. 
Well, number one, and this is a survey by 2,000 bosses in all different industries. So this isn't just media. This isn't just like financial services. They say that wearing clothing that your boss finds provocative, which how do you know what a boss, I mean, what one boss thinks is provocative, the other might think yeah, some bosses are Some bosses are just horny. Yeah. I mean, God, it's so hard to, t- how do you know? Do you ask your boss? Um, but most bosses agreed with that. Number two, you wear wrinkled clothes or clothes that are too casual. Ding, ding, ding. In what job environment? Who cares? I mean, does anyone have a dress code anymore? Do you really uh, have to dress up? But like, I have friends of mine that they can dress how they want to at work, right? Like, so, like, they don't have a dress code. Like, they don't have to wear a suit. They don't have to wear a tie or any of that shit, right? Mm-hmm. But they have to go in, and they're always make sure, like, oh, I have to take my clothes and get them, like, pressed. Because they want to go in. Even though it's just jeans and, like, a T-shirt and stuff, they, they can't walk in with a wrinkled shirt. They'll get in a lot of trouble well, for it. Well, that's number two. Number three on the list, piercings. Do you think your non-traditional piercings have have maybe played a role? But nobody knows you've got your nipples pierced. Like, your bosses never know that, right? I mean, no. Except for you're constantly nipping out, but... Oh. Wait, do you still have those piercings in? No, they got torn out when I got mugged, so <gasps> you forget this story again. <sighs> yeah, one of them got ripped out when How I was mugged. How long ago was that? Like five years ago, six uh-huh. years ago, five years ago. Well, tra- non-traditional piercings. Six years ago? Shit, long time ago. If you have the ones that, you know, a couple piercings in your ears or whatever, fine, but they say the nose ring, no, people don't like that. Well, I have one piercing. Where's that? See, no one even notices. It's the most incognito piercing. I have one right here on my tragus. Oh, yes. And that little nub inside your ear. And it's literally been there for 10 years. And no one ever says a word to me about it. Do you just everything have it on one is, side? Well, yeah, I took everything else. I used to have like cartilage, earlobes, nipples, you name it, fucking pierced. And then I took everything out and I just have the tragus now. See, here's the one that I thought might apply to you. Your hair is just too weird for them. Okay, that works a lot. I actually got fired from a job. I got fired from my first TV job. And it was brought up because of my hair. Right, they wanted you to they, what? They Trim wanted me the... to cut my hair off and to like do like a part on the side and just be like basic old whatever. And I refused. And then I mentioned that the guy that was telling me to cut my hair looked like a Cabbage Patch doll, so he should not be the one telling me about my hair. And I think it was that mix of my <laughs> that hair. Did it? Was the what did it? Yeah. I think it's a good thing that we're not mainstream. I believe we should stay on the fringe. Yeah, they want me to cut my hair. I was like, no, Cabbage Patch man. That probably did it as the firing. Well, he looked like a Cabbage Patch doll, I'm not going to lie. Number five, your breath stinks. Uh, 23% of managers said that they had an employee who had bad breath and that they kept remembering that and that actually affected the person if they were going to get a job. That sucks, though. Do you think people really tell you? Like, are you going to tell me if I have bad breath? Oh, I wouldn't. But I would talk about it behind your back, though. Oh, (laughs) that's like a terrible thing. Halitosis is real, Sarah. It is real. But do you think people really... Tell you? No, that's awful. I will say, like, I, for instance, um, Ginger, I mean, God. No, you guys, I remember when we used to do the show back in the day, the old morning show, I would walk in, I'd forget to brush my teeth sometimes, yeah. and you guys would give me shit for it. You're like, you can smell your breath from here. <laughs> Ew. And you guys definitely talked. You guys told it straight to my face. So, but like, it worked. Now you brush your teeth all the time. I don't brush my teeth. I just sit there and I talk to the floor now. <laughs> so that way you guys can't smell it. That is not good. I thought of you, too, on this story that happened. Uh, now airlines are officially going to go child-free. Are you happy about that? Woo! Here's the thing. Actually, here's, I'm actually you, don't, I shouldn't be applauding. I don't want to applaud for that because I don't believe they should be child-free. I believe they should be annoying child-free because I think that when you sit there and you do blanket statements like you ban all children or you ban right. all of an ethnicity or you ban all this, you're... Those blanket statements are really what the issue is, okay? The issue is annoying fucking kids, okay? And the parents that say that, well, my kid's just being a kid. No, 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 your kid's annoying. 
My nieces and nephews, four or five years old, they can fly. They're not sitting there squirming, running around and screaming and making all this noise and, you know, right? right? Your kid, because your kid's a, a, a little a little devil child, somehow can't sit down. Your kid, I think parents need to admit that their kid's annoying. You know what I mean? Like my cousin, I love him to death because he finally goes, no, no, my two daughters, they're fine. One of them, though, fucking annoying. Like she will get me in trouble. So when it comes down to it, I keep her at home. Like, and I'll take the other two out. And, well, like, you have to admit that, but parents don't want to admit that. They want all their kids no. to be involved. They're like, well, my kid is just, you know, he doesn't have flown before. He hasn't done this. Well, then get him used to it. Like, if you have to, put him in a car and just start screaming in his ear for three minutes and be like, this is exactly how it's going to feel when you're landing. Get used to it now, kid. Don't freak out. The kid's parents are not going to do that. I'm going to. Um, well, here's the catch for this. It's it's India Go, which is a low-cost airline based in India that now has quiet zones. So they're the first, inter- first airline doing international flights to offer this. Um, they're going to sell seats to travelers um, where passengers have to be 12 years and older. So you, you'll only be surrounded by a kid that's 12 and over. And then there'll be a section where under 12, you can opt for that, which might be cheaper option, so you'll be with families. You think that's smart? Oh, I think you should charge the families more. They're not doing that. They can't do that. You should make it cheaper for the same. Look, at the same, because they we're, the, we're the easiest travelers. A single passenger is the easiest traveler out there, okay? Yeah, of course. I'm rolling up. I probably just have a carry-on, nothing too much, maybe a simple suitcase, okay? I don't have, like, kids, they have Game Boys, they got all this shit, they got, you know, headphones, iPads, they listen to music, they have to, they take 20 fucking minutes to take off their shoes just to go through the goddamn line, like, no, they, like, I'm sorry, they should be charged more. You can't do that. That's I would. like, you can't They're, do that. They take more time, though. That's they take, why they, they have use more of the resources. They use more of the resources. They have pre-boarding for families, so they get them in early. They get them, you know, get your car seat or whatever your, you know, thing, tram, whatever you're carrying. You get that all stored away. Then they get everybody else on first class, all that crap. That's why they do it. They can't. They can't. That's like discrimination. You can't just. I mean, you were a man of the people. I'm shocked that you would say that. I am a man of the people. Yeah. Uh, Actually, hold on. Let me replace it. I'm a man of the adults. Kids can go suck it. <laughs> okay, great. No American airlines, um, air, American-based airlines have proposed the idea of a trial-free zone, although 49% of Americans said they'd pay extra to be seated in you a You know, there's zone. a few airlines that I would do a redneck-free zone, and I would pay extra for that. What's happening? You're supposed to be a man of the people of all people. All people. Where's the kind, Sammy? Really? Yeah. You Really? Yes. You're talking, really? Okay. Uh, look, our Trump party is happening. GoFundMe.com. Backslash election night. Donate. you got to donate to get in. Lots of surprises are going to be revealed very soon. Bye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow for our Halloween show. To the rednecks Bye. with children that I offended today, I apologize. Yay! Oh, my God. Love. I'm back. Sarah Fraser, Sammy K. Going for the number one.